Noah, after the flood was over, and judgment had been brought to the earth, and there was peace that does come back representing the people through of the holidays in his mouth. We could spend much time studying on the dove. The dove is one bird that can yet eat the fly like the crow or the scavenger, but he can't eat the diet of the scavenger because his makeup is different. He has no gall. The dove doesn't have a gall. So he cannot digest the things that the scavenger bird would eat. He only can eat the clean and pure things. How it types the Christian that packs the dove in his heart, he just can't stand the foul things of the world. He hasn't any gall, no bitterness about him. He's humble. Humility. What thing is sweeter than the cooing of a dove? My mind goes back tonight. Many miles away on the hillside tonight was March, the very place of my beloved wife left me at when she was 20 years old. I laid my darling little eight-month-old Sharon on her arm as I buried them together. After coming home from work of the evening, I'd come into the house and I looked and we had an old stove there. We paid a dollar and seventy-five cents for it when we went to housekeeping. I looked at that old stove. It wasn't much, but she had cooked on it. We'd go to the ten-cent store and buy the little kiddos. Maybe they'd have a little spot now to offer them and we could buy them cheaper. It wasn't very much, but... She had touched it. I go over to the crib, look in there, my baby gone. It was as many times I, I couldn't even eat. Make my sandwich sandwiches sit down there. So I would get in my car and drive over to the cemetery. Stop my car, walk up along the road, sit down there with a new baby now. Weeping. Thinking just below there lays the most precious treasure of human flesh in the world to me. God would send a beautiful turtle dove and it would set in the bush and coo to me as the sun was going down. I'm looking for it to come again, not that one, but what a symbol when my son is setting in this life someday. How she would coo. Tonight the leaves that saying there's a land beyond the river. We call it sweet forever. We only reach that shore by faith degree. One by one we gain the portal. There to dwell with the immortal. Someday they'll ring those golden bells for you and me. The watch that I thought of the immortal first. I would sing and walk back and forth on the limb, consoling me. I'd listen to the sweet music as it cooed to me in the setting of the sun. God, when he came down, many people bypassed this scripture. But to me, it's one of the outstanding scriptures of the Bible. That's when heaven and earth embraced. When God came down in the form of a dove and went upon his son in form of a lamb. Why did he choose the lamb and the dove? It's because the dove could not abide on nothing else but a lamb. Their natures are the same. That's the reason that you could get along together. 
Their natures were meek, humble, lowly, and that's how they could dwell together. When God and Christ became one, when the dove came down on the Lamb, heaven and earth kissed each other. God and man was reconciled together. Why, it's one of the greatest moments the world ever had, that when man and God was reconciled together, the dove and the lamb came together. Now, as I have said, the reason is they could dwell together. Now, the Bible says he saw the Spirit of God like a dove, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, and the dove came on the Lamb, and a bold, I like that, a bind. Now, what if the Lamb would have snorted like a wolf, while the dove would have been drawn? You know, sometimes I wonder if that's the reason that so much trouble is in the church. If we are the lambs of God, we should have the nature of lambs if we expect the dove to abide. You believe it? I do. Now, if we'll watch the dove, the reason it stayed on the lamb because their nature was the same. And the reason that the dove stays on the Christian, he'll stay there as long as he's a lamb. But when he takes a different nature, the dove will take its life. This lamb was first a spotless lamb. The Bible says that he was a spotless lamb. And the lamb could not depend upon its own travel. A lamb has to be led, or guided, or shepherded. Did you ever go to a slaughterhouse and watch them slaughter sheep? The lamb, the sheep won't go up to shoot themselves to the slaughter. There's a goat leads them to the slaughter. But the goat, when he gets up to the place where the killing place is, he jumps over the shoot. Now, that's just a very typical thing of the devil. He'll lead God's sheep right up to the slaughter, and he steps out of time. Right. So be careful what to lead. <laughs> Amen. The sheep, Christ, look how meek he was. He never tried to do his own will. He said, I come not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. And the Father that sent him went with him and in him. And I said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Then he never only sent but he goes with us. And notice him, as he's led around, and now he doesn't rely upon his own ability, a sheep does. He relies upon the ability of the shepherd. He doesn't question his shepherd. He just goes with his shepherd. And the, the sheep also, I have had a little experience in raising sheep, on a farm when I was a boy, we used to take a shear the sheep, a shore and shave the sheep. You catch them and throw them up on the table. You have a little place, a little loop, you tie their little feet down. They don't kick and go on. 
they just lay still and give up everything that they had, their wool. They let you cheer them off without kicking and hollering about it. I hope you understand what I mean. Keep lay still. Now, a real sheep, a sheep barber is right. And that's what I was trying to get at yesterday when I was speaking of the way some of our Christian sisters are dressing and going on, and our brothers, the way they're carrying on. A lady was sitting next to another lady, which is a friend of mine who met me today, and said, a lady said, if there was a door here, I'd run out of it. She said, he's wrong. Well, <laughs> she says, it's our right to do this. That's right. You say to me, Brother Bannon, the stores sell these little short clothes that the ladies wear. It's our American privilege. It's our right. But are you willing to forfeit your right to be a sheep? That's the next one. You say it's our privilege, uh, Mr. Branham. If we want to belong to church, and if we want to smoke cigarettes, the government sells they can sell them, and they sell them, there's nothing wrong in it. That's our American privilege to smoke cigarettes. That's right. But will you forfeit your right to smoke cigarettes, see? That's it. You say it's nice and it's sociable in the neighborhood if we'll meet with our neighbors. And it's our American privilege if we want to take a sociable drink. It's our privilege. But brother, are you willing to forfeit your sinful privileges to become a shame sheep? But I'm wanting to know now. Will you do that? Forfeit your rights. Don't kick and holler about it. Sheep don't. They just lay and have it all shaved away. If you want to do the street return, just lay down and be shaved all the way down with the and find out. That's the way back to the street experience, is to be shaved off of those things. I know it's your privilege. It belongs to you because you were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Come to the world seeking lies, but will you forfeit it to become a lamb? The lamb was the drummer. The Bible said he opened not his mouth. When he's reviled, reviled not again. But oh, that's the reason that the devil could stay on the lamb. But us just let someone do something against us and we get hot in the collar. What happens, the lamb? The dove takes his life. The Holy Spirit leaves. Many times you wonder, why can't we have that peace that we used to have? Then something tucks the dove away. That's right. Why can't we have the type of meetings we used to have in our church? Just become sheep. The dove sitting on the roost, ready to come back to the heart again. If you'll become sheep, he's still the same dove. But you have to be a sheep. You can't snort and fuss and grumble and backbite and everything else and expect him to say that he won't do it. You have to have a nature like he's got. 
and then he will abide. That's right. If you just get the nature of the sheep, then the other part will take place. He opened out when he when he was pulled the beard from his face. He had a privilege. He said at the crucifixion, I could speak to my father, and he would send me many legions of angels. He could do it. But in order to be a lamb, he forfeited his right. In order to die in your sin, he was a lamb. You say, Brother Sam, what is the way back to the old-fashioned meeting? Just become lambs again. That's all. Just get back to being sheep. The devil hasn't gone very far. He's just waiting a chance to get back. There's the old back to Azusa Street. There's the place back. Back to the Azusa Street meetings again. It's to return to the lamb nature again. You can't expect to be a wolf or any other scavenger and expect the devil of peace to dwell in you. He won't do it. You've got to become a lamb. Your nature's got to be changed. And you'll look at things different. And you won't fuss at the preacher when he preaches against strict old-fashioned Holy Ghost religion and a way to live. Just get rid of that wolf spirit or that scavenger spirit and get a lamb nature. And you're ready to forfeit all the things that you want done all your worldly privileges. Amen. That's as true as I'm standing here, Christian. Hop on yourself. Don't try to know it all. See how much you can forget of what you do know. Is the best thing. Only know one thing, and that's Christ. As the Philippian jailer, the question was asked, what can I do to be saved? Paul told him what to do. But today, we change that. We tell him some anything he ought not to do, but instead of telling him what to do. And we make a false disciple out of him. Bring to Christ that Christ can change his nature to a lamb, and everything else will be all right because the Spirit of God, the devil, will come on him and lead him. When the Zeus people humble themselves and become lambs, the Holy Spirit come in. He'll do that. He'll do that this very minute, right here in this building. If we would be willing to forfeit all of our so-called what we have, and humble ourselves to become lambs, the Holy Spirit would take this meeting into His own power, and there wouldn't be nothing but lambs go out of here led by the Holy Ghost. That's right. I know He's here. The dove is sitting here tonight, waiting for a place to, to get into. How dreadful! that the walk of a modern Christian must be before God. How we ought to alter ourselves, our ways. Here some time ago in the South, they used to buy slaves, brokers that come by and buy them like a used car out. They have today. And they would buy the slaves. And one broker came by a certain plantation and he said, how many slaves you got to sell? He had a few to sell. And there was one young man there. Oh, the slaves being away from home, many times they would, they knew they would never get to go back to their homeland. The Boers brought them out of Africa and sold them in the Southland for slaves. And they would, they would whip them because they couldn't get them to work. They were sad. But they noticed this one young man. 
walked with him, cast out his chin up. You didn't have to whip him. He was up and doing. And the broker said, I'd like to buy that slave. The plantation owner said, he's not for sale. He said, why, have you, what makes him so much different than the other slaves? And he said, is he the boss over them? The owner said, no, he's just a slave. Said, perhaps you feed him better than you do the others. He said, no, he eats out the galleries with the rest of them. Said, what makes him so much different? Said, I didn't know myself till one day I learned that over in the homeland where he came from, his father is the king of the tribe. And though he's an alien and a pilgrim, he keeps the morale of the rest of them up because he knows that he's the son of a king, though he is an alien. What kind of people should we be? Holy Ghost filled, though we are pilgrims and strangers, how are we to conduct our lives ourselves? Not like the rest of the world, but separate ourselves from the things of the world. Keep our chin up as it was. Because it's one thing we know we are sons and daughters of the king. Now, a king's daughter doesn't act immorally and she doesn't dress that way. She represents herself to the public in her dignity because she's a king's daughter. Amen. So does a man when he's a king's son. There's the way back to Jesus' experience. Conduct ourselves as sons and daughters of God. Not dress like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, stay home on Wednesday night to see the, all these programs and so forth at the Hollywood putting on. We have nothing to do with Hollywood. We are born against Pentecostal experience. Hollywood has its place of entertainment. We have our place of entertainment. Theirs is in the world and ours is in Christ. So we can't pattern after them, let's pattern after Christ. And act like Him. And love Him. Now, what a beautiful picture this gives us. How God must be so broken-hearted because of our conduct after He has received us as sons and daughters and to see us the way we act and carry on and grudges we hold and fusses and little things that doesn't that should not be, and yet calling ourselves sons and daughters of God. We must be gallant men. We must be gallant women. We must hold ourselves up as children of God. We must be an example to the world, as our Lord was. We must lead an outstanding life, as David, when God seen his, his how, what a gallant man he was, God said, Thou art a man after my own heart. Some time ago in Africa, I was speaking to a, an old saint. And he said to me, Brother Branham, down in my church one night, we were having a breakup. One was doing this and one wanted this. And they just formed a little cult like in our church. And I, the Holy Spirit would not visit us. He never will under those circumstances. And he said, one wanted to believe this is the doctrine, one wanted to begin that. And we had a breakup. And said, I'm ashamed to say it, but that I was trying to decide one and then the other. A pastor should never do that. 
You should stand right on God's eternal word and don't move right around. And he said, I stopped my car and I was going up the hill. And he said, as I got up to almost to the top of the hill, I happened to hear someone coming behind me. And as I looked back, I heard the footsteps walking up the hill. And said, so as I got up the hill, I thought, maybe this is one that I'm on his side. So I'll just wait for him. And said, so as I noticed coming up the hill, there was a small man, but he had a great load on his back. I could hardly understand how that small man could be packing such a load. And said, so I looked at him, and just one moment I knew I was looking at a vision. Or I've seen the scars in his hands. And he said, I run to him and I said, Lord, are you packing the sins of the world yet? He said, no, I'm just packing yours. He said, when the vision left me, I went to the church and told the vision. and said, if the sins of this church is grieving the Lord Jesus like that, we all are to repent. And said, it caused a great breakup in the church and a real revival set in. The world is looking for a church like that. We should be an example. I believe that God's church is an example to the world that we can live different, act different, be different. You're not of the world, little children, says the gospel. But my time is getting away, so I want to say this. Some time ago, up in the lovely green mountains of New Hampshire, as all of you know, I love to go into the mountains to hunt, not so much for the animals, but to be alone with God. Every person wants to be alone with God. Do you remember the sweet peace you used to have when you go alone with God? That's all been taken from you now. Why? Because you did something to grieve the dove away. You'll just come back to be a lamb. You'll come back. Notice. And I got acquainted with a hunter up there. And I do that many times. At least I've led many, many rough cowboys and woodsmen to Christ by going with them into the woods. And this fellow was the most brutal hunter I ever seen. He would just shoot little fawns and, and does and a dozen of them a year if he could find them. And I said to him, Bert, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You've got a hard heart. And he said, Preacher, you just got a chicken heart. But your preachers are too chicken hearted. I said, But Bert, there's plenty of old, uh, big male animals here that the law says that you can shoot and you shouldn't do those things, those poor little horns and so forth. He said, oh, go on, you soft preachers. And he made himself a little old whistle or a call. And he could impersonate a little fawn crying just as perfect as I ever heard. So one day with him up in the mountains, he was sitting down in a bunch of bushes and I got next to him talking to him about the Lord Jesus and he just wanted to show off. He used to show me he would do it anyhow, like a lot of us Pentecostal people do. Oh, no, I have anything to do. I'll show you what I'll do. That's where you get in trouble with God. Right? He said, I'm in church out this call, 
and let out the most saddest scream like a little fawn crying. I just stepped outside the bush. And to my surprise, just across the opening, a beautiful doe stepped out. Oh, she was a pretty animal. Her ears sticking up, her nose going. She heard the cry of a baby. She walked a few feet farther. I seen the man raise the rifle, put the safety down. I said, oh, God, don't let him do it. He raised up the rifle to take aim. And he then raised up. And the doe was still interested in the cry of the baby. So the doe looked across and saw the hunter as she looked at the gun pointed at her heart. But did that stop the doe? No. She heard the cry of a baby. So the gun was at her heart. The cry of a baby meant more than the gun pointed at her heart. She stepped forward, listening for that cry of a baby. And I noticed the hunter. I seen his hands shaking. I seen his shoulders shaking. He dropped the gun. He ran back and threw his arms around me. Somebody brother, I can't stand it no longer. He saw that display of gallant mother love. Brother, this world's looking for a display of gallant soldiers of the cross. Real heroes that will stand for God and right. You Pentecostal people should give that example. As he knelt there, trembling and shaking, he said, Did you see that doe? Look straight at me in the face, Brother Brandon. I said, I did, Bert. Said she wasn't scared of death. I said, Love constrained her to walk into the face of death to protect that baby that you screamed like. I said, Bert, one day there was a man who came down from heaven. He heard the scream of dying people. And he was afraid to walk into the face of death. And he did it, Bert, for you. There on his knees, with his hands up in the air, he wept his way through till he found the Lord Jesus presence in his heart. And from a brutal wolf he became a lamb. And the Holy Spirit came to him. A few years ago in the Middle East country, some 50 or 60 years ago, there was a, a notable evangelist. Many of you might have heard of him. His name was Daniel Curry. He was well known throughout Central America for his evangelism, a wonderful scholar and minister of the gospel. And he had a dream one night that he had died. And he was taken up to heaven. And when he came to the gate of heaven, they said, Who are you, the keeper? And he said, I'm Daniel Curry, the evangelist. And he said, Just a moment, sir. I'll have to see if your name is recorded here. And he goes over and looks the books over. He comes back and he said, Sir, your name is not recorded here. Oh, he said, You must be mistaken, sir. He said, My name is Daniel Curry. The angel at the gate said, I understood you plainly, sir. Did you look fairly? I did, sir, and your name is not recorded here. So, well, what can I do? The angel said, Would you desire to appeal your case to the white throne judgment? Well, he said, Sir, I have no other choice. I must appeal my case to the white throne judgment. And 
Daniel Curry said he felt himself going through space. On, on. But after all, he began to come into your life. And said it got brighter and brighter until it shined a million times brighter than the sun. There was no certain place it was coming from. But he was standing in the midst of this ray of light shining around him. And said he stopped. And a voice spoke very straight and said, Art thou Daniel Curry? He said, Yes, Lord, I am. He said, Daniel Curry, did you ever tell a lie when you were on the earth? And he said, To that time I thought I had never lied. But in the presence of that life, I realized there been many things that I had told which was wrong. What will it be that day? He said, Daniel Curry, did you ever break my commandment and steal while you were on earth? He said, I thought I'd always been an honest man, but that in the presence of that life, I realized I'd pulled some shady deals. He said, yes, Lord, I stole and I lied. So then the voice come and said, Daniel Curry, were you perfect when you were on earth? Oh, he said, no, Lord. I was not perfect. But he was waiting for the crack to depart from me into everlasting destruction. Until every bone seemed to go out of joint as I stood trembling. Until all of a sudden I heard the sweetest voice that I ever heard in my life. Said sweeter than any mother's voice that I ever heard speak. And said when I turned to look, standing by my side, I saw the sweetest face that I ever saw. Never did I see a face of a mother or anything would take its place. And said that one who was standing there said, Father, take all of Daniel Curry's sins and put them on my account. For down on earth, Daniel Curry stood for me. And here in heaven, I'll stand for Daniel Curry. Oh, how I love it. How I long. Oh, friends, is it worthwhile to wait on sin? Is it worthwhile to live a lukewarm condition? Is it worthwhile just to join the church? Let us stand for Jesus now. That when that great time comes, He'll stand for us in glory. My time is gone. Shall we bow our heads a moment? All over the audience, the organist will sit down to the organ just a moment. Our every head is bowed. Our Heavenly Father, we want to be the sheep of your pastor. We don't want to stand alone upon our self-righteousness at that day. God, we want to take a stand now for you. We love you, Lord Jesus. As I face back down the road of my own life, these are the broad passages and the hills and the valleys that Thou hast led me by Thy amazing grace. Now think of the times that I've left home and my little children holding to my coat and praying, screaming, Daddy, don't leave me. You might not never come back. And my heart trying for the little ones 
My poor little braided wife sitting there with a trembling hand in mine and tears running down her cheeks. But Father, I realize all of this would never atone for my sin. All my efforts will be in vain if Jesus doesn't stand for me on that day. All the promises I made my poor dying wife when I promised her to meet her at the gate that morning. All my preaching and efforts will be in vain if Jesus doesn't stand for me. Oh God, that's in every heart tonight. We as a Pentecostal people, Father, are sorry for our sins. We are ashamed of our backslidings and our shortcomings. Will you tonight, Lord, take thy word and shave us all? We lay on the altar of sacrifice tonight every worldly pleasure that's evil. Everything that's unlike Jesus, God, take me with them tonight and shave me and cut me down. And let me and your humble servant stand for you now, Lord, that at that day you say it was well done. Not only to me, but to every man and woman here, God. Maybe they have sinned or set aside. Maybe they have never accepted you. But may they become lambs tonight. And may the dove that's now anointing this building, anointing this place, we can feel his presence as he's digging down into our hearts. He's breaking us up like the prophet going to the potter's house. Oh God, mold us a different people. Mold us a loving people, full of love. Let us open our hearts door and let the dove come in tonight. Then may we go from here as men and women and walk and live and act and dress and be like real Christians should be. Granted, Father, and while we have our heads bound, I just wonder in the audience, I don't mean to be a baby to be weeping, but when I realize who's going to stand for me on that day, my pastor came, my brother came, my mother came, only Jesus can stand for me. I wonder tonight if there would be someone here who would be convinced in their own heart that you grieve the spirit away from you. The dove is gone. You don't have a sweet peace no more. You don't go to the sink to wash your dishes and look out the window to see if you can see him coming. You don't drive your car down the road going to work, brother. And when you get a chance, look out the window to look up into the skies and feel that sweet peace in your heart like you used to. Something happened. The dove took its flight. I wonder tonight if you just like to stand for Jesus. If you're wrong, you say, I'm willing to be shaved. I'm willing to be shorn. I'll forfeit all my worldly pleasures, my worldly actions. From this night on, I'll take my stand with God's despised you. I'll move on for God tonight. With our heads bowed and all Christians through, I wonder who will stand to their feet and say, by this I now will ask God to shame me. To take from me all the things that are like Christ. God bless you everywhere. I try to stand out upon your feet. I now will take Christ. I'm ashamed of my life. God bless you people standing everywhere. Stand up to your feet. And at that day, He'll stand for you. If you judge me as 
of the little gift of prophecy that God has given me. The Holy Spirit seems to tell me in my heart that there's many in here should be standing, many more than what is now. Make your stand for Christ tonight. Meet it with all your heart. That's right. Raise up. You who've never accepted Christ, or you who've drifted away from Christ, stand to your feet right now while we offer prayer. You offer it with me to God and say, God, I now fall to every ever worldly sinful pleasure that I ever known. I'll now forfeit everything if you just let the child of peace come down into my heart and make me a real Christian full of love and peace. I want to be numbered with that great group. If you've got worry in your experience, will you stand tonight for Christ? If doing this, you're showing God that you're going to stand for Him and you want Him to stand for you. If you've got one doubt in your mind that Christ would not stand for you upon the way that you've lived and the way you've acted, I ask you in Christ's name to stand to your feet and be a beneficiary of this prayer that we're going to pray for you tonight. Stand to your feet everywhere. Nazarene, pilgrim, holiness, Pentecostal, Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, Orthodox, you, whatever you are, stand to your feet and say, I now want to be included, God. I'm willing to forfeit everything in the world if you just stand for me. God bless you. There's many standing, many standing. I wonder just a moment with their heads bowed, just remain standing. Others stand, that's right, stand right up. I was fixing to do something else. But the Holy Spirit seemed to tell me, you better speak for this might be somebody right now. Not standing. Thank God, I want to do a service. With our heads bowed, now I'm praying. You know what you've done? He that will stand for me in this world, I'll stand for him in the other world. He that will witness me in this world, I'll witness to him before my Father and the Holy Angels. If you should have passed away a few moments ago, you've been lost, but tonight you're saved because you stood in the presence of these thousands of people and in the presence of God and the Holy Angels. And they are now putting your name on the Lamb's Book of Life. Our Heavenly Father, I give to thee this great audience of people. I give to thee these who are standing at this moment. Thou hast spoke to their hearts. They realize that their condition, when we believe that it should have been many more, God, how can we have a return to Zeus' feet when we will not listen to the dove of God? God, it may take hard judgment. It may take death in the family. It may take something, but I'm sure, God, if we are asking whatever it takes, bring us back, God. Bring back the old-fashioned meaning. Bring back the humility amongst the saints. Bring back the power of God into our churches. Grant it, Lord. Shave us tonight. Take the world away from us. Take everything that's unlikely away, God. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. And oh, devil of God, cry down from these sanctuaries. Cry down from the people of this temple here, Lord, and dwell in these hearts as they're waiting just now for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The sharp two-age word to cut away the things of the world and to give them Christ Jesus rich and love in their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. How many wants to be healed tonight? Stand to your feet like quick. All that wants to be healed physically, spiritually, what? Stand to your feet like quick.
Others are flying around in the building. Yeah, believe it. The hour has come. The time is at hand. Open up your hearts. The Holy Spirit is here. Baptize the heal. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke every devil and sickness.